0: Women in Wellbeing is an Eden Center podcast highlighting emotional well-being and mental health through Jewish sources and interviews with experts and activists. Our host, Karen Miller Jackson, is a certified matan Morale Halacha, Jewish educator, writer, founder of Kifun Lashirut Guidance Program for Religious Girls, and creator of Power Parsha. Just as the mikvah waters create the opportunity for renewal, we hope the insights shared here will serve as a springboard for discussion and rejuvenation.
1: This month's podcast is dedicated in memory of Julia Kishitsky, Yehudit Batmosha, and Simcha Nachma by her loving children. Julia Kishitsky was a woman of valor, beautiful inside and out, who always took care of the needs of others with joy and generosity of spirit. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this month's Eden Center podcast, Women and Wellbeing, in honor of the month of Nissan. The well-known psychologist Carol Dweck writes in her book that becoming is better than being. She talks about the difference between having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. She provides guidelines based on her research for how everyone can work to achieve a growth mindset in their lives, whether it's in their own personal life, in their career, in their relationships, anywhere that one wishes for a change. Perhaps the biggest change, the greatest challenge to the Jewish people, was Yetzirah Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt. Here, a generation of people who were enslaved, who had no personal autonomy, who lived in bitterness with no hope, had to find the strength and emunah in God, and also in themselves so that they could leave Egypt. We, today, are commanded by the Torah to retell this story. Even more we are supposed to reenact it experientially through dialogue and through the foods and that we put in our mouth and in other creative ways. Rambam in the Mishnah Torah writes as follows He tells us it is a mitzvah to tell the story of Yitzya Mitraim on Seder night. Mitzvah Ase Benisim Veniflaot b'mitzrayim. He goes on to base this on the pasuk, of course, in the book of Exodus. We have to remember this day. Rambam continues. The Torah also says, "V'higadet levincha, and you shall recount to your children this story." We should tell this story as the matzah and maror are set before us. The afal lo ben. Everyone needs to tell the story, even if there are no children at the seder, even if their children are grown, even if they are the greatest sage. We all need to retell this story. This emphasizes that it's not only to tell the story to hear it for the first time, but there is some value in retelling the story. What does it do to us? What does it do for us? The Mishnah also uh, states in Masachet Psachim, Everyone in every generation needs to see oneself as though we ourselves left Egypt. The Rambam and some Haggadot point out that the Rambam writes that it's not only lirota tatzmo, but Lehar tatzmo, to to show ourselves as though we left Egypt, to reenact the redemption, the Exodus. These sources don't only really want us to learn and remember the story of Yitzchak Mitzrayim; they want us to internalize and bring this possibility and experience into our lives. How can we make change for our own personal growth, for spiritual geulah, for ourselves, for our families, and for Am Yisrael? This theme is also highlighted in the foods we eat on Seder night, which have dual meaning. Matzah is called, in Sefer Devarim, lechem oni, the bread of affliction. We remember the suffering and the slaves feeling held back. Also, the matzah is called, in the Mishnah, Matzah is also the symbol of redemption. It is on the one hand, the symbol of suffering, and on the other hand, the symbol of redemption. The same food can be either our confinement or our redemption. Matzah was also baked in haste. The Jewish people were unprepared for the redemption. They did not believe. Even after witnessing the makot, the plagues in Egypt... And God's greatness, they did not yet. They did not yet believe. However, the matzah also demonstrates they took a leap of faith, and they go out in haste and with enthusiasm. This is the this is the point where their mindset is transformed, and they turn into Am Yisrael. What areas do we feel confined by today, in our work, in our relationships, in our health, or any other way? How can Pesach be a time to find freedom and redemption? This is something that I'll continue to discuss in my interview with Andy Seidowitz, who is a fantastic personal development strategist and coach with tremendous experience and has beautiful words of inspiration for us. Chodesh Tov and Chag Sameach. Andy Seidowitz is a business psychologist global personal development strategist, transformation coach for Mastering Change, and author of Rise and Shine Personal Development Journal. Andy brings her wealth of knowledge, expertise, and extensive training in EQ, positive psychology, and high-performance mindset together with her unwavering passion for personal development leadership into her coaching. She is a certified professional coach, a global Lumina practitioner, and master NLP practitioner with an honors degree in organizational psychology and MA in organizational communication, research, and practice. Andy works with individuals, leaders, and teams in a wide range of businesses and organizations, including finance, real estate, high tech, and leading social and educational frameworks. Additionally, she worked 15 years in donor relations, resource development and fundraising campaigns in the nonprofit sector. Andy is the blessed mom of three awesome children, and in her spare time, loves reading, working out, running, sunset and sunset at the beach and coffee. Hi, Andy, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much
1: for inviting me. Mm-hmm. So today, in honor of Rosh Chodesh Nissan, which is coming up imminently, we will be talking about the nature of making changes in our lives and about p- about finding our own personal freedom. Um, this is an appropriate topic for this month for Nissan, since we are about to mark the holiday of Pesach celebrate Pesach, and Seder night and Pesach are really about change. It was the time of change for the Jewish people. Uh, We ourselves each year go through a process of cleaning our homes, cleaning out ourselves, so to speak. We stop eating bread, chametz, which generally symbolizes hubris, according to the sages, the rabbinic sages. And we get back to the basics with eating matzah, called lechem oni, the poor man's bread. We do all sorts of things which symbolize change also on Seder night. We sing Manishtana, why is this night different? Um, What is different? Why do we want to emphasize what's different? Uh, So now I want to turn to you as uh, with all of your experience as a personal development strategist, uh, how how can change be good for us? What is positive change?
2: Hmm,
1: A great question. Um
2: so I think before we even understand what positive change is, I think it's important to acknowledge that change is constant. So we are always going to be experiencing change. It's always going to be a part of our life. Sometimes the change is going to be external, outside of us, in our environment, in our systems, in our contexts. And sometimes change is going to be internal, inside of us, in terms of changing the way we think, changing our perspective, changing our mindset on things, and as a result, changing the way we feel. So sometimes change is going to um, start from something that happens outside of us, and sometimes change is going to start from something that happens within us. But change is always going to be present in our life. Hmm. Positive change is where we decide what to do with that and how to respond to that so that change can actually be something that grows us and propels us towards a positive, inspiring vision of what we want for our lives and who we want to ultimately become. So there's a lot of talk, you know, buzzwords around your future self and your best self and your higher version of yourself. But what change is saying from a positive angle is that what am I doing differently in order to get closer to the person that I want to be and the life I want for myself?
1: That is positive change. Nice. And you mentioned the word mindset, and this is something I'm very interested in as well. Could you say a few words about that? And what what does it mean about, um, you know, changing your mindset or what? what... Mm, Sure. So a lot of people, when they want to make
2: change in their life, they may have a very clear outcome as to what they want to accomplish. So the goal or the desired outcome is clear. They may know exactly who they wish to be. Um, They may even know why that change is so significant for them. So they've connected on a purposeful level to their values. And they may even have the right strategy and resources in order to accomplish the change they want. want. Mm -hmm. But this is where mindset comes in. If you have an inner dialogue a limiting belief, a negative thought, an unhelpful tape playing inside your head over again around fear, excuse, doubt, why something is impossible, why it's too hard, why it won't work, then even with a clearly defined objective and a great strategy for execution and support and resources, you will sabotage your transformation journey, because we never ultimately perform against a belief. So if we are thinking certain thoughts that are unhelpful and that are holding us back and keeping us stuck, we will hold ourselves back and keep ourselves stuck. So mindset work is our ability to start noticing How do we speak to ourselves? What is that chatter? What is that little inner dialogue going on inside our heads? And how is it serving us? And if it isn't serving us, how can we reframe it? How can we change the message? How can we shift the paradigm? How can we start to talk to ourselves in a more effective way that will advance progress and help us get to the results we want to get to? Mm -hmm. And when you're able to do that, that is where your change is the most profound and the most effective.
1: And it's really fascinating. And what I'm really hearing and what you're saying and what psychologists have also shown is that, this is something which, yes, might um, come natural. So it might come more naturally to some people to have that ability to to keep to have a, to have a mindset where they can shift quite quickly. But it is also, at the same time, something which people can learn. It is a it is it is a it is a practice. A behavior- it's a
2: trainable skill. Absolutely, skill. absolutely. You know what, um, Karen? What we what we often have to stop and think about is we cannot change what we don't acknowledge we cannot change what we're not aware of and most of our thinking in terms of mindset is subconscious we're not even aware that we're thinking those thoughts and only once we bring the subconscious to our awareness can we then change it and offer a more helpful belief or a more helpful thought And so, yes, mindset is a trainable skill. It's a muscle that every single person can cultivate. Um, And it's very liberating. You you, you spoke about freedom. Um, It is such a superpower to be able to change your mind about something. And all of us can think of beliefs or thoughts that we once held onto as absolute truths and they no longer relevant to our lives. And that is true for maybe where we thought we would live and build our futures, to um, foods that we've never ever thought we would like or enjoy or even taste, um, to the careers a lot of us are in, you know? So um, you can change your mind. And I think that is the most incredibly inspiring and empowering notion That at any given moment, I can change the way I look at something. And when I change the way I look at something, my entire experience shifts.
1: So, so inspiring. And I know psychologist Carol Dweck has a whole book about this. Um, yeah. She, she coins the term, I believe, the growth mindset. And that's, really, right. that's what it is. We keep, we want to keep growing and finding, and, and that really is, there is an element in freedom, of freedom in that ability to, to overcome that mindset, to, to be aware and then work on it. Uh, Absolutely. And, so- and be willing to fail, be willing
2: to try, be willing to take a risk, be willing to do something new or different and be okay with it not working and be open to that feedback of what I tried didn't work. What can I learn from this? Yes. Um, that's a big part of a growth mindset as well.
1: Yes. So it's interesting because you mentioned this, you had this um phrase of the the tape playing or the (laughs) the loop playing in uh in our heads. And uh I think that's really, that's really a an amazingly poignant image. And uh and also this it really made me think of uh the Jewish people in the desert and uh after after they were liberated from Egypt and they couldn't take it all the way to into the land of Israel. But they and one of the one of the things they struggled with was this was this problem of the, um, the fears and the anxieties, uh, understand completely understandably, uh, which, which really highlights that in some ways, uh, human nature is quite resistant to change. And, and so I want to ask you and in your work, what you've seen and what you've researched, what is it about human nature, which resists change? And how do you guide people through changes in your coaching?
2: Mm, Oh, what a fabulous question. Um, So a couple of thoughts come to my mind. Um, The first one is um, this concept of inertia. So as human beings, we creatures of habits, um, we kind of keep on doing what we've always done. Most of us are Spending a lot of our time on autopilot and, uh, you know, our ru- routine, um, the things we don't necessarily have to think about, uh, we keep on doing what we've always done. Um, so from that aspect, you know, we are habitual creatures. Um, we also have a very powerful uh, negativity bias and a lot of cognitive distortions that kind of govern the way we um take in information into into our brains and how we process the notion of change. And so um, we've got a lot of thinking that gets in the way of change. So we've got this all or nothing tendency where I have to get it perfect or I'm not doing it at all. Um, you know, we label ourselves in terms of, I'm not good enough, um, I'm too old, uh, it's too expensive, it's too hard, I don't have time. And then these um, thoughts sabotage the change process. And we all have um, cognitive distortions, even extremely self-aware people <laughs> have um, tremendous cognitive distortions and a, and a strong negativity bias, kind of as our default. Mm-hmm. So we're all human. Um, I think what's important is knowing that we often are the reason we're in our own way means that we can kind of get back our power. And so in a coaching process, when I'm helping people make change, I try to illuminate um, in the sessions that we have different mindsets and each mindset is extremely valuable for different functions and purposes. So I'll just share three of them with you in the in the podcast today because I think your your listeners will find this very useful. So we have a dreamers mindset, which is our mindset of um, imagining the future better than the present. So anytime you want to set a goal for yourself, you want a promotion, you want to have another baby, you want to learn a new language, you want to run a marathon, you want to lose five kilos, you want to do something new or accomplish a change in your life. Your dreamer's mindset is the part of your your thinking that allows for possibility It's the part of the thinking that is creative and imaginative and optimistic and engaging and energizing and motivating and inspiring. And it's the part of your brain that imagines what could be, right? If anything were possible, what does that look like? Yes. That's one mindset. Second mindset is the realist mindset, which is our practical down-to-earth planning, executive functioning brain. My how-to, my to-do list, my action items, my tasks. What do I need to do in order to accomplish that vision or that goal or that dream? Mm -hmm. And that's also really valuable because we can't just sit and dream about the changes we want to accomplish and think that's sufficient. We have to take deliberate action Our life is measured by action at the end of the day and not just vision and dream. So the dreamer is essential for establishing that goalpost and inspiring us. The realist is essential for building the strategy and following through. Mm -hmm. Then we have the critic. The critic (laughs) is our third mindset, which is often what can sabotage change if we don't know how to communicate with our critic and work with it and reframe it. So the critic is the part of our brain that is going to bring up what could go wrong and why this isn't a great idea and why I'm not good enough and why this won't work and why I don't have time and why I can't afford it. And that's the part of the brain that brings up the saboteurs. Mm. And our um, superpower in terms of mindset mastery is our ability to leverage all three mindsets and know how to move between them, among them, because they are all essential to
1: creating positive, lasting change. Wow. It's so interesting how you frame this, because I've always thought about the, the critic voice as, as purely bad. But actually, there can be mm. some good in that. Um, so
2: in, in NLP and in um, Adlerian psychology, which is what my coaching um, frameworks are, are primarily based you on. Know what NLP is just for? <laughs> yeah, uh, neuro-linguistic programming. It's uh, all, a, a lot of work around understanding the subconscious and working with mindset and, and uh, beliefs. Um, and the saboteur is actually there to keep us safe. It doesn't want us to fail. It kind of wants to protect us. Yes. Wow. Um, So knowing how to have a conversation and then access your positive, inspiring vision, as well as your core values, why I want this change nonetheless, you can reframe the message from the critic and activate the dreamer to help you solve whatever the critic is
1: illuminating for you. With a pinch of reality.
2: (laughs) Well, and then
1: you have to ultimately bring your realist in to take deliberate action. Absolutely. That is really absolutely fascinating. Thank you for sharing that with us. Really interesting. Sure. so um, so now I want to shift gears slightly to talk about, we talked a lot about mindset and about um, change. And I know you also talk about freedom and personal development, uh, which mm-hmm. I guess maybe is the next step in that. And um, and so people feel bound by all sorts of things. Uh, and Pesach, of course, as we mentioned, is the holiday of freedom, Chirut uh, for, for um, Israel. Uh, it's it's also an opportunity for us to work on our own personal freedom, the Israeli single mm-hmm singer Eddie, Eddie has a song called mitrayim, um, yeah. uh, Exodus from Egypt, which, uh, which actually likens us in our lives to having our own personal paro, our own pers- personal confinement, which is, and we have to free ourselves from our own mitraim. So what, what is your perspective on, on freedom and personal development? I would love to hear um, some words of inspiration from you. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, freedom. It's an interesting one because we are always free to choose a response to a situation. We are not necessarily free to choose the, the situations that choose us. I'm just um, smiling. I'm
1: sorry, I'm yeah. just saying because perhaps you're going to mention this. I'm just smiling because I'm thinking about. We just had the Oscars this week, and Will Smith's reaction and. You know, when you before you heard that his wife has a medical condition, you had one perspective. And then when you heard his wife, it, it's fascinating, you know, just and, and that's exactly what once it came to my head. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And so we're free to choose our response in any given situation. Now, a lot of work in a, in a coaching process is around building your self awareness um, enough to um, stretch the space. Um, as Viktor Frankl says, between stimulus and response. Mm -hmm. So if there's very little space between stimulus and response, you will get triggered and you will react. And that will be almost like a reflex, like you touch a hot flame and you quickly move your your hand away. But we get triggered all day long by different challenges, um, as well as different opportunities. And we don't just have to react. We can stretch the space and and practice a a long enough pause to actually instill in that space free choice. Hmm. What do I believe is the best way for me to respond in this moment? And by slowing down enough to activate um, my vision of who I want to become, my values, what is important to me as a human being and my integrity, um, and how how do I want to show up in this moment? And if we can slow down enough and develop the self-awareness muscle enough to stretch that space, our choices are smarter and we are free from the psychological noise of... Um, everybody else's expectations or what I believe I should do or what social media is telling me is the right thing to do but I can connect within myself and make choices that are aligned with who I want to be and what's important to me and my values Mm -hmm. and so a lot of the freedom is reminding ourselves that we're always free to choose and I think that is such an awesome concept to know how much power I have in any given
1: moment to choose my response. Mm, Beautiful. Uh, It's a perfect segue into my final question, which is that uh, this is the Aden Center podcast, and we focus a lot on women's experience of family purity laws, the mikvah, and, and marital relationships in particular. Uh, and so we've spoke, we focused mostly on our own, our own selves here on self's well being, which is, is an important thing to take some time to focus on. But now I'd like to shift gears and think about the marital relationship uh, and the cycle of of the month. And, and, you know, relationships over time go through all sorts of challenges and waves uh, and can get a bit into a, you know, get into certain dynamics. In your experience, how can creating change or finding that personal development, that, that freedom, or maybe relationship development, uh, how can we use some of the stuff you've spoken about here to enhance marital relationships? Mm,
2: beautiful, beautiful question. So uh, a lot of different things come to mind with that question. Um, the first one being, when a person sets a personal development goal, they don't do it in a vacuum, So we may have a very clear desired outcome of what we want to accomplish and why it matters to us, but we have to look at the wider ecology and the system and the impact that the change uh, will have on everything and everyone in our lives. Um, And that's an important component of change. And we certainly don't leave it out when it comes to a personal development goal. So at the end of the day, everything somehow connects to relationships. We are um, beings of what um, Adler called social interests. So we are wired for connection. Um, One of our innate human needs is to belong. And in our relationships, that is um, a, a primary need and a core value. So that is a very, very significant component when it comes to personal development and freedom within our goals. Um, a lot of the time when I'm working with women in particular, when it comes to, to different goals, whether they're professional or personal, the issue of time management always emerges, always. And time management is never about time time management is always about energy and energy management is always about freedom. How can I be more or do more or have more and have that freedom to be more of what I love, do more of what I love and have more of what I love in my life and relationships forms a very, very fundamental part of that, that process. Mm. Um, So, When it comes to building up the self-awareness muscle, emotional intelligence is never just about knowing the self. And you so beautifully said, you know, up until now we've spoken about the self and self-awareness and self-development. Emotional intelligence is very much about managing my relationship with someone else or other people, whether it's my husband and my children or my friendships or my community. Um, And what a coaching process helps a person do is develop rapport in such a way that we can see another person's perspective We, um, in, in NLP, we've got a beautiful presupposition that goes, the map is not the territory, so, or the map is not the terrain, so my subjective map in my mind of how I'm looking at a situation or experiencing a dilemma or a conflict or something even in my relationship, the other person may look at the exact same dilemma or conflict or issue and see something completely different Mm. and experience something completely differently. And when you develop the EQ muscle, you become far more mindful of the fact that we do not always see the world through the same lens. And we all have our own filters and our own subjective experience of reality. And that is so helpful when it comes to communication. So when I think of personal development and emotional intelligence in in coaching, relationships is a huge part of that. And a huge part of that is around communication Mm -hmm. and being able to, we call them three positions. So being able to look at my situation from first position, which is through my lens, second position. So in a marriage would be through my husband's lens. How is he seeing the situation? And third position, the bird's eye view. How can I zoom out enough to objectively look at the dynamic or the conflict or the situation among me and my husband? What can I see when I've zoomed out? What can I see from back there that I can't see from um, within, within here?
1: Um, so that's a, that's a big part of it as well. Amazing. And I would also just add from coming from the perspective of thinking about the NIDA cycle, the family purity laws, the idea of a certain part of the month uh, being uh, not not touching physically and then coming back together after mikvah also opens up a lot of potential to incorporate a lot of what you spoke about today into also couples relationships. So, for instance, um, thinking about uh, certain places where we be- we've become fixed and where we want to keep growing. Um, mm-hmm. And so when, when there's time to take a little more perspective or the mikvah as a time of renewal and thinking about uh, where do I want to grow? Where do I want to change? Where, where, do, where, where do I want to talk about or where we, we can uh, together change, uh, perhaps is also a way to incorporate some of these uh, some of these Pesach and Chodesh Nisan messages. Um,
2: beautiful beautiful I love that I love that you know when you 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 said a uh, refresh and renewal um and I often think about this concept of uh, essentialism you know how do we become more essential how do we get rid of all that's unnecessary um how do we become more focused on what really matters most um And, uh, yeah, and being able, you know, to delay gratification or certain temptations so that we can focus on what matters most and not lose sight of that. And I think the different uh, concepts that we've touched on today uh, reinforce that message that I can have a clear picture of the life I want to have, the relationship that I want, the intimacy and the communication and the connection that I want. I can develop a a clear picture of who I want to be and how I want to show up and how I want to contribute. Um, I can work on what my core values are that kind of serve as my GPS, my ways for navigating life in this um, relationship. And I can work on my mindset in terms of how is my thinking advancing our goals and where is my thinking possibly getting in the way and what can I do to change that message.
1: That's so beautiful. Thank you. And I also want to offer up a a prayer that people who are friends who are listening and for all of us that we find our in um, in the run up to Pesach as we clean out our, our homes and a little bit our souls we find, we find that ability to, to make small changes to, um, to find freedom where we wherever we need it. Mm -hmm. And I want to wish you a chodesh tov and say a tremendous thank you.
2: <laughs> thank you so much. I just want to um, thank you for the opportunity and end off with um, one thing that you mentioned. Now is small changes. Mm. We often think that to um, accomplish a very big and meaningful goal um, that's worthy for us, we have to do something massive and radical. But the real freedom lies in the tiny choices that we make in any given moment, at any given time of day at any given day so that one tiny choice that you make at three twenty on a tuesday afternoon can really lead to incredible shifts and with tiny tiny increments um we get where we want to go so a lot of the freedom is not just in these massive radical transitions and transformations we don't have to overhaul everything um, but the freedom in any given moment to make a new choice or an aligned choice—that's um, where that's where our power lies.
1: Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Really inspiring and Thank getting, you. getting me in the mindset for <laughs> Great to be here with you.
0: This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center, whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website com to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming and meaningful. This episode is a product of The Eden Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at b-i-t dot l-y backslash e-d-e-n-p-o-d additionally give us a 5 star rating share this podcast on social media and encourage others to subscribe